reminds me of the story. Hello, hello, hello there. What's good, y'all? You are now tuning into the Jungle Rules podcast with the dynamic aunt and niece duo, Jay Simone and Marley. What is Jungle Rules? Jungle Rules is a therapeutic lifestyle podcast created to assist Black women navigate, survive, and thrive through their everyday jungle. A jungle can be any hardship, difficult situation, setback, shit. It's anything or anyone that tries to hold you back. Exactly. Here we will use this platform to discuss the failures, the successes, and every damn thing in between. Ready, Jay? Let's go. Look at that smile. I know. And that glow. <laughs> I am loving well, it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I need to fix my lighting after looking at you. <laughs> I know. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> I was going to say, Jay just told me that I look like I just woke up. I just got a good workout in. And she's like, oh, you look you? like you just worked. Good for you, though. I need a good workout. Hello. Welcome to Jungle Rolls. We are so delighted to have you here. I think it was a while ago that I sent a post to Marley. I'm like, listen, she has all the tea, all the juice, everything we need to enhance our lives. Thank you. I can't believe how God has blessed us to have you here because it was just a dream, a hope by me sharing your post. And now you're here with us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I was excited. And, you know, I get honestly, and this is general talk, like I get a lot of inquiries, which I so appreciate. And obviously with time, I can't say yes to everyone. So I have to be very mindful, selective, connect my energy with who I'm sharing my time with, my space with. And so when I went on your page and just you all, I was like, oh, yes, yes. Where do I? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, this, we, is, this is easy for me. The no's are easy and the yeses are probably even easier. Oh, my wow. God. So grateful to hear that. We inspired you to share this space with us. Yes, Um, absolutely. It's a new space for us that we're coming into, but we are really being confident in this and wanting to share the knowledge that we have, as well as the knowledge that experts have with our listeners and just creating a safe space. So, and we see that you do that on your platform. So we are like so grateful to be connected with you. We know your credentials. We know who you are. Would you be able to tell our listeners who you are? Because you come with a huge resume. Yes. Let them know who you are. Absolutely. So, of course, I'm Casey Polite. I consider myself a pleasure pusher. So I'm very passionate about my agenda of pushing pleasure and normalizing sex and pleasure, particularly for those of us who have a vulva. Sex has not been designed with us in mind. And it's always been about our partners receiving pleasure from us and not necessarily what we need. So that's what I'm about. I have a private practice that's virtual. I'm in the North Dallas area of Texas, and I've been doing my private practice for two and a half years now. Congrats. Um, 
Thank you. And recently went full-time in 2021. So I'm really excited. And you're confident and has a resume to be spoken up to. Listen, and you are an influencer. Like that's how we found you. You you are very visible on social media. And we know that one of your goals is creating confident women in their sexuality. So very visible. We appreciate you doing that because sex is such a taboo topic. Mm -hmm. It is. Very taboo. And for me, sex and sexuality, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to dive in and talk about sex with you, but not only sex, but uh, confidence in the space. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, 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 absolutely. So tell us, how did you get here? Like what we always talk about and we're very, I guess we shouldn't be picky being that this is like something new to us, but we are very particular when choosing our guests. Mm. Although we have not made it yet, but we are very particular with the people who we share our energy with, with the people who we feel like are, are the influencers the people who are making the change that is aligned to our vision. Like, how did you get here? Because sometimes people, they see the light, they see the glory. They don't know your story. They don't know the jungles that you had to undergo to get to this level of confidence, this fluidity when it comes to talking about sex. Marlisha's, it's her favorite topic. It's my favorite topic. I think I should take my red lips off and throw it at her. (laughs) No, I love the red lips too, by the way. So pretty. That's for you. I told Marley, yeah. I got my red sweatshirt, my red lips for yeah. her. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So gosh, you know what? The answer I should say is twofold because the I think the jungle piece for me as a light-skinned African-American woman, getting to a space where I didn't feel like I had to prove my blackness, mm. right? And again, that segues into my boldness and ability to show up in social spaces as a sex therapist, right? So I had to overcome and manage the stigmas within our community, right? And really be confident in who I was as a woman, as a Black woman. And from that space, going through undergrad, getting my master's degree, entering the world of clinical social work, getting involved. I worked in, oh my gosh, domestic violence shelters and schools and mental health facilities and county jails. And again, always being questioned about, you know, can you do this? I'm working with teen moms. You weren't a teen mom. I'm working with women who'd been in prison. You've never been in prison, right? Like that's like that jungle. When I think Mm -hmm. of that word, it's like going through that process and getting to a place to say, I don't have to prove who I am to anyone. (laughs) Right. And once that freedom opened up for me, then I feel like my passion was available for me to grab a hold of. So throughout my own personal sexual journey, I was recognizing that there was so much pleasure that had gone completely untapped, like untapped. And as I started to uncover it and experience it, I said, well, every everybody, everyone needs to experience all the pleasure in the world that they deserve and want. And so though I was doing therapy and specializing in other areas, I said, oh, I need to make a beeline and I need to go back to school and get some postgraduate studies for sexual health. And I want to be a sex therapist. And I asked myself this question. I said, what, what could I do every day with clients and it not feel like work? And I didn't need to get paid. And it was, it was easy. I was like, oh, empower people to have conversations about sex, to normalize it, to help people step into who they are as a sexual being. I could do that and not get paid. And that's when I knew I had to do this. I had to do this work. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. I love how you touched upon the jungles that society has kind of forced you to go through to get to this other side of confidence, this other side of solidifying and allowing for your passions to burst out and, and to be comfortable. Um, yeah. But the jungles that we face in our own community is something that we don't always talk about, right? Yeah. Uh, proving that you're, you know, if you're educated, that you're not talking white or proving that because you're light skinned, that this doesn't mean that you think you're better or, you know, because you have a lighter hue or what have you. Um, I think sometimes, and we had a younger woman on and she was talking about how she as a, a darker skin queen had to fight and force her way up through that. And, and, and those jungles are real too, the jungles that we face within our community. And sometimes it could be even harsher because you feel like those are the people who should support you. <laughs> Absolutely. No, very well said. And and as you're navigating through those journeys of life, like that's where the real lessons are. Right. Like that's where we build resilience. That's where we really get to understand our self-worth and our sexuality is 100 percent tied to our our self-worth. Like, let's be clear, 100 (laughs) percent. So when my self-worth was horrible, so was my sex life. So was my relationships. Like all of that was a reflection of how I saw me and fully accepting who I am um, as a sexual being and being able to talk about it without worrying like, oh, what are people going to think? Because I'm talking about sex and yeah, I just, I leaped out there and and here I am. Yeah. Well, thank you. Cause now we're encouraged, right? We're going to keep doing this pod thing. (laughs) Right. Yes. I remember when I had three followers, I had three (laughs) followers a couple of years ago and it has just expanded. Not one of them purchased. Like I, it was all organic and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. 70,000. I'm just going to say 70. We're going to round it That's up. That's right. <laughs> yes. Thank and, you. And I love the perspective that you brought in regards to colorism, because when we think about colorism, we often don't think about our sisters of a lighter hue because it's often yeah. perceived that they have it easier. The lighter eyes, you have beautiful eyes, that the struggle is different. And they often go unnoticed and that their struggles are put to the side or mm-hmm. um, not recognized. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that perspective into the picture and let us know mm-hmm. how difficult and how harsh we could be on, on, our, on, our, on our sisters. Yes, very harsh. And we don't realize how destructive it can be, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's beyond what people can see on the surface. So much of our need to be vulnerable is taken away. We, we hide that part of who we are because of the hurt and pain, because we're, we don't feel safe to just show up as, as whoever we are. And again, and it still comes back to our sexuality, right? When you think about people being open about what type of relationship structure they like, right? Mm-hmm. So for someone to say, oh, I'm interested in ethical non-monogamy. It shouldn't feel like you have the plague, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with them? This is going against the grain. Um, Or saying, you know, I'm in a marriage, but I'm bi-curious. That shouldn't be this like, what's wrong? Something must be, no. 
Something is talk to them, talk to them. Cause <laughs> right? I it's mean, a struggle. It is a struggle. It's so yeah. true though. I, I, it, oh my God. Everything you're saying, if I could just say this and Marley would definitely back me up on this. Everything you're saying is, and I just came from Bible study. So <laughs> everything mm. you're saying in the words and the terminology, <laughs> the terminology that, you know, you're using the terms, uh, boldness, uh, resilient, you, you're just saying all the things that are aligned to what we're doing. And I just want to confirm mm. for myself, as well as you, that this energy in this space was meant to be. Absolutely. Here. 100%. 100%. So let's get into the good stuff because I'm newly Okay, <laughs> let's do it. But I want to ask, because um, we're talking about this, it sounds like shame, right? Yes. Um, we're not sexually confident. Where do you think the stigma, the shame has come from? I know religion may play, play a part. Your structure growing up may play a part. Yeah. I'm 33 years old and it wasn't until last season that I actually told the world that I was in a relationship with a woman. And people will still say that I'm growing in that and yeah. I'm madly in love, but I still yeah. feel like there's some part of it that I'm hiding, although I want to be very visible and very vocal about it. It's still, it's still like me being vocal about it is still very new. Of course. And first, let me just say, I listened to that episode. <laughs> and so, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Like I hadn't listened to any of the other ones. And so it was my first time kind of just learning your personalities and getting to know you all through the podcast. And I was like, oh, I picked the best episode. Breaking the chains off and yes. she is showing up fully as who she is. And it yes. doesn't matter who she cares to love or have sex with, yes. like who you are, your character that's what matters you know like none of that Thank other you. stuff matters it yeah doesn't. Mm -mm. but to answer your question I mean everyone has a shame story of some kind and the seeds are planted in shame the minute someone else or systemically something else tells you you're bad for wanting or thinking or believing in that thing mm. that's how it starts so that could be when you're five that could be when you're eight, 12, it could be multiple times. You can have all kinds of seeds planted of shame, but that's what creates that shame story. So everyone really needs to confront that story to recognize who is the person or the thing that told you you shouldn't want this or you shouldn't be this, right? And recognize what are their issues so that you don't take it on for yourself. Those aren't for you. That's for them to work out. Let other people have their issues. You have your own. You don't need to take theirs on too, right? So once you recognize where it came from, then you're in the space to drain the power from the shame. And it's a process. It literally, it, you have to unlearn it and think differently about who you are. And I think people, and I'm so guilty of this, I've gotten the word shame and guilt confused. <sighs> and really understanding that shame is more destructive because shame says I'm bad while guilt says I did something bad, right? So really picking apart what that means because shame really tells people that something innately is wrong with me. That is so damaging. That is so damaging to who you are and how you show up in the world and how you accept 
those parts of you that you're hiding, that you're fighting against. You know, people talk about these internal demons that they're managing. To me, it's just often just faces of shame and they're fighting and everybody's trying to win and make you do things as it relates to those stories. And you have to break away from that so that you can be who you were created to be. And have good sex. (laughs) Lots of it. (laughs) Because I feel like if you're in shame and whatever it is, when you're doing it, you're like, oh, am I supposed to be doing this? And you're not fully engaging and enjoying the act of whatever it may be. But go ahead, Jay. I know you got some questions for her. I don't have any personal questions. I was just putting it out there. She wants to shoot any, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to make this a personal session, but, you know, I know where to sign up. I know where the link tree is. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And we will be signing up. (laughs) I just want to know, like, in your opinion, your professional opinion, do you feel like sexual chemistry is something that can be contrived or it needs to be organic it's kind of personal but I think that people want to know (laughs) I love no I love that question I think that emotional chemistry is organic Hmm. I think that if you have a strong emotional connection you can also have a strong sexual chemistry. But here's the thing. I I don't like the word chemistry. I prefer the word compatibility. Okay. You know if you are sexually compatible with someone and if you're not. And if you're not sexually compatible with someone, it doesn't mean you can't be, but there may be very specific work and healing that they need to do so that they can be sexually compatible. Hmm. And there are just some people you don't need to have sex with because it's, it's just not a good fit, right? It's just not a good match. It's not, it's not good energy. But I think that emotional component is probably as equally as important as really thinking about sexual chemistry. For long lasting relationships, you can have sexual chemistry with someone. The emotional piece doesn't have to be there. You can have amazing sex. It's wonderful. But then that's all it is, right? You don't have any other substance to it. I hope I answered that. That yeah, was, I just, you okay. know, because sometimes they say that, you know, uh, say, for example, your pa- your uh, partner is not performing the right way, right? They're not performing the way in which you like. They need some insight. They need some information. So the need, the desire to be sexually intimate, although, you know, for me, it's like, you know, when you first meet somebody, like, ooh, never, you know, but I think, I don't know, can it grow if the person learns to... Absolutely. Because that's more of a skill issue, because if there is love and connection and a desire for one another, then it's about building the skills Mm -hmm. and learning each other's bodies. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that desire is going to be low if you feel like "Mm, I'm not really going to enjoy this. The person doesn't know what they're doing. But if you desire to be with someone, their companionship, you feel connected to them on other levels, then I do believe that with skill and understanding of each other's bodies, oh yeah, you definitely, I mean, I've seen couples go from like not having sex, having horrible sex to amazing sex. Right now, you hear that ladies in the the universe? Yes, (laughs) Yes. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yes. so that's it. I was watching Sex in the City, so I was like, hold on. I started from season one. I was watching I it love yesterday. that show. I was like, oh, yeah. Right, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> and I kind of came... You no, know, Samantha's going to get hers anyway. Oh, yeah, she doesn't mess around. <laughs> she don't care if she connected Listen, or not. She, 
she gonna get hers. <laughs> so I want to know, and this is kind of personal, but okay. and this might be a stereotype, but all this mm. sexual knowledge that you have, all this experience, I know based on your ring and the research, you're married. Are you yes. in a traditional marriage or is there any exploration? I'm glad you asked that because I think people make a lot of assumptions in general, but that's just kind of how we do, right? With people, we make assumptions. <laughs> um, and I've gotten a lot of questions about that because of my comfort level talking about sex. <laughs> a lot of people have come into my DM and said, oh, you must be in a polyamorous relationship because you're just so free and you can talk about it or you must, you know, all of these different things. But I'm actually in a very traditional monogamous relationship. I've been married, it'll be 10 years this year. Congrats. Yeah. So, Congrats. yeah. Thank you. Um, and I feel like my role with my husband, which has made it so fun, is that I'm his wife, but I'm also his mistress. He's also my fuck boy. He's also <laughs> my husband, right? Like he, like there's a lot of, of, of roles that we play for each other. And it's very important. It's very important. I love Thank that. you. I love those uh, roles, but I love that you're seemingly both accepting of those different roles, which yes. I'm assuming adds to the spice. It does. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It does. I feel like we have cultivated just a very rich sexual life together. And that's taken a lot of vulnerability, right? Conversation, experimentation, willingness to do it wrong and mm -hmm. still be okay, right? Try things and look weird sound silly, but still accept each other along the way and not putting any specific expectations on each other. I mm. think taking those expectations off and really being present in the moment just allows you to grow sexually with someone. But it starts within, like you can't do that for anyone else. All you can do is support them and facilitate it, but everybody, your own sexual journey is your own first. So true. I love that. I love that. So, so Marley and I, I think there was like uh, maybe first two, three sessions that we had taping. We talked about how we've taken on the good girl role, right? Trying to do everything right. You know, when, when people are trying with the adultification of young Black girls, we were trying to, you know, mm. steer away from those stereotypes, steer away from that to be called and known as the good girl in a family. And I think that that has spilled over into my personal life where I'm no ways where I want to be proficiently, you know, I think I'm okay, but not proficiently. I still have more to learn, but I feel like I still squirm. Like today I was like, oh my God, calm down, Jay. Do not get all worked up, you know, calm down. It's okay to talk about sex. I'm still thinking in the back of my head, like, all right, my dad's going to hear this. You know, I'm a super grown woman. And it's just like yeah. thinking this in the back of my head. And I'm trying to go without that. And it's normal to talk about sex, but I still squirm a little bit when I talk about it outright in public. Absolutely. You and millions of other people. <laughs> so don't feel alone. Um, if you think about how we've been brought up to keep sex private, like that's a word you whisper. Mm -hmm. That is not something that you talk about with anyone. So again, it creates this idea that either it's bad dirty, right? There's all these negative words. It's nasty. Ooh, you did what? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to 
openly have these types of conversations, no matter how old you are or what your background is. People aren't used to it. People don't talk about it in their homes growing up. It's just unfortunate about those types of situations is when someone tells us at a young age, don't do that, that, you know, sucking a penis is hosta, right? You literally just believe it. There's no question. You're not like, oh, maybe I should get some more research on this and find out. No, it's just like, oh, that's what it means. Then that's what it means. And you carry that into your adulthood. And then often you're told, particularly in straight monogamous relationships, that, oh, when you get married, you're just, your sex life's going to be amazing. It's just going to open up and you're going to, how? How are you just going to automatically just be comfortable now that you have a spouse? Like, it doesn't work like that. You're still the same person you were right before you said, I do. The I do did not change anything <laughs> except from a faith-based perspective. It gives you permission as some feel that, okay, now I can do anything I want sexually and I don't have to feel like I'm doing anything wrong. But still doesn't mean you're comfortable with who you are sexually. It still doesn't mean all of a sudden you're just sucking your husband's dick every day when he comes home from work because you're just comfortable with it. No. You're not comfortable with it. You still carry shame. And there you go. He's not getting his dick sucked. You're not getting pleasured. And everything is all off balance. You heard it first with the pleasure pusher, guys. <laughs> Listen, push the yes. info on us. Like, push Let me it on it. Keep push it raw. It raw and I'm just saying. The pleasure pusher has spoken. <laughs> she done fucked us with no condom. <laughs> <laughs> Interview over. No. Listen, you are still the same person before that, after that I do. So get comfortable. That's right. Yeah, that's so important to have those conversations. It's it's very unfortunate that sex therapy is not part of premarital conversations and premarital counseling, right? So they, depending on if you go to, again, faith-based versus secular the type of information you're going to get in those environments, but they might spend like one chapter, one little module on, oh, sex, intimacy, it's wonderful. And then that's it. There isn't, you're not diving into, okay, let's talk about your shame story. Let's look at your past history of sexual partners. What type of heartbreak have you experienced? How does that impact how you show up with your partners? Are you comfortable being sexually vulnerable? Do you self-pleasure? How often do you watch porn? What does it mean to you? Like all of these things you need to know. I mean, I see married couples and they say, oh, I didn't know they had a porn addiction. So nobody had a conversation about any of this prior, right? Or, you know, women who've never self-pleasured. They don't even look at their vulva. They, they have no idea what their labia looks like. Zero. <laughs> but yet this idea, they expect someone's face to be in it, giving them pleasure. But you haven't looked at it yourself. How does that work? You don't even know. What if one side of your labia is bigger than the other? You need to appreciate that so that you're not laying there. A lot of women lay there and they're like, oh, oh my God, like, I don't know what they're looking at, what it smells like, what it tastes like. <laughs> and I'm supposed to just lay here and experience this pleasure. This feels weird. I don't, oh, now there's a finger and then there's a tongue, right? They're just like, ah, stop. And they're all tensed up. So now you're not getting any pleasure out of it because you're all tense. You're not relaxed. You can't enjoy it. You're not even in the same room with the person whose face is in between your legs. Like, how does this work? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> how does that work? How does that work? 
It doesn't. So we have to look at it. We have to have self-pleasure. We need to know what feels good to us. To me, self-pleasure is like a vitamin. You should have it almost pretty much every day. That's just my philosophy. I know it might feel a little extreme, but that's where I am with that. We are not mad at you. We are not mad Listen, at you. Listen, I all. need a pencil, a paper. I need to <laughs> Is this being recorded? No. <laughs> Listen, I was about to say, we need to take this conversation live, okay? Oh. <laughs> oh, so, so in talking about self-pleasure and discovering yourself, what are some tips to get someone to that place where they're like, okay, let me discover who I am. Let me start looking. Let me start feeling comfortable enough to go down there and explore. Mm-hmm. Where would... Where should they start? So I think you start with whatever limiting beliefs you have. Like start with the thought process before you even get into anything like tactical. Like you need to understand how do you feel about your body? What have you been told? And unpack that first. Then you grab the mirror and you put it between your legs, not for the goal of self-pleasure, but just to observe and appreciate, period. Just look at it, understand the parts, know what each part is. Like, can you label it? Do you know where your clitoris is? Do you know, like, do you understand that? And, you know, I was really, I have to say, I was really surprised. I had a client that told me that she thought that her urethra was the same thing as her clitoris. They're so close together. And she was like in her fifties. And she said, until the conversation we had in our session, she had no idea. So imagine the empowerment she would have looking at herself with a mirror and being able to understand these parts of her. You understand your elbow and your, right? Like your fingers, you know what they look like, you know how they function, you know what they do. Then there's this big part of us. And then you have no idea what it what it does and how it works. So you have to understand that. So I think looking at it with a mirror first and then getting comfortable just with your body naked, I recommend that even before self-pleasure because some women aren't comfortable, particularly women aren't comfortable in their bodies, just period. So you have to start there and manage some of that body shame and body image issues and learn how to move your body because it feels good right? Like how often do you move your body to music? Do you allow yourself to just, yeah, feel it, like feel what it feels like to be in your body. And then you can start exploring self-pleasure. And I think a lot of that also comes from mommy, grandma, and them calling, not calling the area the, what it is, you got yeah. the cootie cat, the pie pie, yeah. everything else, All but what names. it, yeah, but what it is. And I mm-hmm. think I got shamed a little bit when I was teaching my nephew as a child. Like I would have him say the anatomical structure. This is a penis, like girls have vaginas so yeah. that we can let go of the stigma that these mm-hmm. are things, pie pie, cootie cats yeah. and all these yeah. things like say what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of those slang words for vagina, they really lean towards penetration specifically, right? And that that's what it's for. Like meat catcher. Okay. Like that literally is a nickname for the vagina, a meat catcher. I never heard that one. Never heard that. And you know what? I did some research. There's over like 169 slang words for the vagina. 
unreal. Like the words, unreal. And yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest with you. If I wasn't in the medical field, I probably wouldn't know what my yeah. the anatomical structure of my vagina. I just would not know it because yep. I would yeah. probably be afraid to go down there and look. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's our responsibility to, again, make this normal, make the Mm -hmm. discovery of it normal. If we want to experience pleasure, we have to understand how it comes about, what the sensations feel like, what needs to be stimulated. Yeah. I mean, most women, and I'm sure you both, okay, you can just answer this in your head. You don't even have to (laughs) say it out loud because everybody doesn't need to know your business. But most women have a preference for which side of their clitoris they like stimulated, whether it's during self-pleasure or with a partner. You might gravitate towards one side of it than the other side, or some people prefer from the top as far as stimulation. Some people want the hood. Yep. (laughs) Some people want the hood as a barrier because it may feel too sensitive if their clitoris is stimulated directly, whether that's manually or with a toy. Like everyone who experiences self-pleasure, you know that. But imagine if you don't know that. You got to know what you want. Yes, you you do. You do. So I was reading on your website, you mentioned, you made mention of how the relationship between sex and health and your overall well-being. Can you kind of delve into that a little bit? Like people don't realize that there are insane mm-hmm. benefits to it. Again, because it's taboo, it's not to be talked about, right? And that, that's yeah. probably why I'm like trying to calm myself. But how how is that in your professional opinion? How is that related, right? It's it, the little cardio. I know people get that, but what else does it do for us, you know, for right. our health and our wellness? Yes. When you think about the connection between pleasure and our brain and the chemicals in our brain, right? So there's a lot of benefits just with dopamine and serotonin, which is like the happy hormones that get released. So sex and pleasure is wonderful for our mental health as far as decreasing depression and anxiety. It can do a lot for stimulating our blood flow, good for our heart. It's good for our cholesterol. Like there is so, it's amazing. Like there's so many like just general health benefits, But when I like to think about the true impact of it is if there's a part of you that is denied, ignored, or completely suppressed, that is going to weigh heavy on the other areas of your life. Can you repeat that, Casey? Yes. When you ignore or deny or suppress one area of your life, it's going to have a huge weight and impact on the other areas of your life. So if who you are sexually and sensually and your ability to give yourself permission to experience pleasure, if you deny yourself that or you don't nurture it or cultivate it, there is a huge part of you that doesn't get expressed. And so it's going to cause a lot of internal angst in all of these other areas of your life, because it's like a part of you that's hiding. It's not free. So imagine what that does to your health, right? Your, your mental health and your physical health. And that goes for any area of your life that is not out in the open and you don't get a chance to express it. Unfortunately, it's going to weigh you down tremendously, right? And it it keeps you from having a better relationship with yourself. 
Yeah. It's like, imagine trying to get close to a friend and there's a whole part of their life that they never talk to you about. How close are you really to that friend? Like your friendship only goes so far. It's the same within ourselves. We're blocking our relationship with ourselves by not tapping into our sexual self. That's that's deep. That's deep. They better have their pencils and papers out because they are getting taught today. Thank you. And that brings me to, I think it was your reel from today or yesterday. It was like, oh yeah, yeah, the leave the door open. Like uh, give yourself permission to be okay and experience new things. So that was a good one. I I did. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we have to give ourselves permission and we get, we can get comfortable in spaces that we've always been in. And so where's the motivation to do something different? And even if the place where we're comfortable, we don't like it a hundred percent. Sometimes people would rather stay in those situations than to risk and be vulnerable and try something new. Scary. It's scary. Mm -hmm. But in this, in this space, it could be very, very beneficial as you just yeah. told us. And very Even. rewarding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's like we owe that to ourselves. I totally agree that we owe that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just getting over or, or unlearning all the things that we were taught. You know, when you step into the kitchen and yeah. they're having your mother, your aunts and them are having kitchen talk. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if they talk about like, <laughs> You know, everybody's hushing everybody's who's talking in a different, their cold language, big Latin or whatever they're doing. Like, you know, you have to unlearn those things. And yeah. it's not childhood trauma, but it kind of sticks with you. So you kind of have to unlearn. Oh, yeah. The first thing is to understand that they're there. Yes, that awareness is key. If you're not aware, you can't grow. So the minute you have that self-awareness, now you're in a place to really understand it so that, and really figure out what is it that you want to create for yourself? Like, are you okay with this? Like, that's the question that really people need to ask themselves. Like, are you literally just totally satisfied with the pleasure that you may currently have in your relationship? That says it all. I mean, if you're not, then something has to happen differently and it's going to start with how you think. Communication, 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 communication first, and then joint with your partner. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to know how did your family feel about that's so crazy because I was thinking the same thing. No, and Marley's gonna get mad, like, oh, she's off. It doesn't align with our questions. I don't care about the alignment of our questions. (laughs) This season we're being courageous this season, and I'm just putting it out there. (laughs) Yes. I'd love that question. So how did my family respond? Okay, let me let me think of the best way to explain. <laughs> they were shocked and surprised. I think I brought it up. I can't remember if it was like a Thanksgiving dinner, but it was, yeah. And it, I don't, I wasn't really quite ready to be mm-hmm. honest, but my husband was really excited about this endeavor. And so everyone was kind of going around and talking about updates and what's going on in their lives. And so my husband's like, yeah, and Casey is embarking on something new, right? And I was like, yeah, about that. Okay, I guess we're doing this now. And so I shared it. And there was a lot of like, wait, what? 
sex, sex. What is that? Sex therapy? So do you, I mean, there's so many questions and, you know, my family comes from the church, right? So there were a lot of questions. And one of the, yeah, one of the first questions I got was, so will you have same sex couples? Will you see them as your client? Uh, Yes. Was my, absolutely. I will. Are you okay with like, right? So there was just like this. So you don't, oh, that's right. You don't really believe like how we believe. And it's like, no, I don't. Right. And there's just this like, whoa, what's, what's happening? I don't understand. And I'm like, no, yeah. Everyone gets to choose who they love and who they have sex with. And I'm going to support them no matter what that looks like for them. So if they come in and they bring five people with them and they tell me that I have sex with all five of these people and we need help, then we're going to sit down and I'm going to help you. Like my judgment, my opinion of someone else's sexual preference means nothing. People, this is your life. These are people's lives. What, what weight does my opinion, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing. And what I hear you saying is that you don't have any biases. And we always talk about biases on the show. So you come with a clean slate, allowing these people to have a space where they can be themselves and be open and feel comfortable to uh, tell you their issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nope. I see everyone's greatness when they step in front of me. And my goal is to help them uncover and really soar in the area of pleasure and relationships. That's so dope. That is super <laughs> dope. Listen, honey, Thank you. You are, you are dropping those juice. I don't think you know. <laughs> Thank you. That's on a different level. I'm, getting I'm so glad. You see, you see, it can be done. It can be done. And I'm glad you, uh, Jay, asked that question to bring in that perspective because we are religious and we do think differently from a lot of people who have the same religion as we do, but we have to know how we can bring it all together. And I love that you shared that story because you were bold enough to say, yes, I do think differently from you. Yes. Yeah, and it's Thanksgiving. So what are they gonna do? Come to leave? <laughs> no. Show me that unconditional love that Jesus taught you. Amen. To show that towards me in this moment. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And and it was uncomfortable. Like let's be clear. I was sweating. I was uncomfortable, but it was necessary. Again, I had to show up as the real me. Mm-hmm. If I denied myself that opportunity, I would have hurt myself more than what I thought I was going to hurt everybody else. Wow. And thanks to your husband for that little push. I know. <laughs> like, really, Look babe, at him. Really. Look at him. But he's Pushing very proud. Me. He's Listen, my I'm number one fan. I would have got with him after that. Listen, as a newlywed, you guys are probably better than me 10 years in, a whole decade. <laughs> I would have got with my husband. He knows that. (laughs) I know you can't legally say, but I'm have you had some truly surprising moments in your sessions as a sex therapist? (laughs) I have. Okay. Let me ask you this. What are, what were you thinking when you asked me that? Only reason why, what triggered my thought was when you said, if you have five different, I was like, hold on, what's going on in those sessions that she's had? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I think it comes down to people exploring things sexually, Uh being interested in things that 
again, it, it wasn't part of my upbringing or understanding of what might bring someone pleasure. Some of the different kinks and role play dynamics. Yeah, they can be, they can sound very like, whoa, okay. That was very random and interesting, but you enjoyed it. And that's all that matters. Yeah, but I definitely have. I've definitely had some very interesting, yeah, moments. Do you want to leave our us and our audience with a jungle book to help us explore? I know I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I have Zane Sex Chronicles. I know a lot of people started exploring more when Christian Grey mm. and Fifty Shades of Grey came out. They were a little more exploratory yeah. with that. Would you like to leave us with a jungle book? Please leave us with a jungle book. <laughs> and you have um, The Laws of Seduction? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I think um, I would have to go a little old school on this because the Kama Sutra is so underrated and the diversity of positions and education that it provides. um, Again, I think you can adapt them regardless if it's same gender or however you identify don't get caught up because, you know, one person has a penis, one doesn't. But the creativeness in the positions are so important. Like traditionally, couples do the same positions all the time. And you really need to diversify. Like before you get into some of these Zane and some of these books that can be really arousing, you can get aroused. But guess what happens? You go and you just still do the same thing that you always do. Like it might be invigorating and enticing and exciting to read, but people don't necessarily apply that into their real life. They're like, oh, that's for the books, right? Like that's, yeah. But there is a book that I really love called Pleasure Zone. And I forgot who the author is, but I can send it to you guys. That one is a great erotic book filled with some amazing scenes that I would have to read like two or three times. So I would read it and then I was like, okay, wait, what did she? Oh, and then I would read it again. And it was, yeah. I think even one time I read it and I was reading it on my iPad because it was a like, you know, e-reader. And I like threw my book down. I was like, oh my God, like this, I'm, yeah. Like I'm getting very turned on. Like this is out of control. Yeah. It's, they have some really good scenes in there. Oh, I'm going to go get that one today. Listen, this one, Marley, you have no idea. You done sparked up something. (laughs) I I am an avid reader. Are you? Um, Yes, but it's new. It's new. Um, I think through, I've always been interested in books, but um, with COVID, I've been pushing yeah. myself a little bit more, but erotic books, that's like, yeah. sex is my thing. So I never heard of pleasure though. So we yeah, will. Yeah, pleasure zone is fun. I want to throw the book across the room too and be hot <laughs> yeah. and heavy. So Don't I will. Don't the iPad across the room, nor that MacBook. <laughs> Listen, I... I don't know what to say. I feel so liberated talking to you. Um, Even when you think you have it all together or you are sexually comfortable in your own, the privacy of your own home, there's still things that you need to address to become a little more free. Yes. And you're always growing and evolving. So how you understand yourself sexually today is going to look very different a month from now if you allow yourself to see it that way, like you don't, you're not stagnant. 
And you've got to give yourself space to continue to be curious about who you are sexually and what you want to do and how you show show love through sex and what that means. Um, yeah, and really pushing the envelope with it, right? Like get out your own comfort zone sexually um, and have those conversations with your partner about how can you take things to the next level? I think something very important for our community, for our culture, right, is is dispelling these stereotypes, these these, these mindsets mm-hmm. that we have around this. And this is why some of our young girls, our young queens are doing things on their own. I think the bigger thing that 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 you have opened, hopefully some people's eyes to is that we have to dispel some of those stereotypes and we have to move confidently yeah. because we can't truly let go and give ourselves to our whoever. And, and hopefully we're doing this in a safe way, you know, Correct. Safe, Correct. get out there trying to do all this stuff with Very John, important. Alicia, whoever. But be courageous, educate yourself. Um, and, and explore it and be okay with what you're doing, right? We have to dispel and that's that's our vision and, that, and that's what we push for. And so we yeah. thank you so much for your bravery. We thank you so much for your boldness, yeah. your insight. Super smart. We had no doubt, a doubt about it. Everything we do, we pray about it. And so, like I said, this energy exchange is something that we could never, ever replace or we're so thankful to you and the fact that you said you listen to our podcast we're like oh, i did yeah we're gonna go crazy to. oh my <laughs> god yeah and then i was looking at marley's sweatshirt and i was like oh they have a sweatshirt too y'all are just doing the whole thing i love it, I love we, it. we are coming everything is intentional just know that definitely keep doing it yes you have to see yourself already where you want to be right? Like that is so important. Mm -hmm. Like don't, and I think even at the beginning and I, you know, I was just kind of getting to know you, so I didn't want to say anything then, but now I can say it. (laughs) You mentioned, you said something like our podcast isn't there yet, or we're not big yet. I was just thinking about that when you were saying it. I was just, you said that. And I wanted to say, oh no, don't say that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, queen. (laughs) Thank you, queen. Absolutely. No, you have an amazing just lots of followers and downloads and you have a huge platform with your podcast. That is what you speak. Yes. Yes, we do. And I just want to ask one last question. Yeah. Um, so once our, once we become fully sexually confident, what is the one thing you recommend that we try? Oh, once you, okay, let me think. Once you become sexually confident, what is one thing you should do? Ooh, I think everyone needs to experience going to a sex club. Okay. I do. I you don't think- have to partake, but I think you need to be in the space to observe and to expose yourself to what it's like to see other people enjoying pleasure and having sex. It, it's it's an incredible experience. I would agree. I would agree. That's a good one. All right. As her aunt, I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> I would. That's that Atlanta living for you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, listen, Atlanta has some of the best strip clubs I've ever, just not even sex clubs, but strip clubs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think there was one time, I just had to tell you guys a story. 
Okay, so I went to Atlanta to visit one of my girlfriends. She's like a big sister to me. And when I got off the airplane mm -hmm. and I was getting in the Uber and she sent me a text and I was like, oh, you know, what's your address? Like, I, where, where am I going again? Are we meeting for lunch? So she gave me the address and it was for a strip club. I Which went one, Onyx? The airplane. No, it was like a hole in the wall. Blue flame. I kid you not. I don't even remember what it was called. It was a hole in the wall, like in a strip mall. Next to it was like this Cajun, amazing little restaurant where like you bought the food and then you walked it over and you would eat it in. The, I was like, okay, this. And we were there in the middle of the day on a Friday. And when I tell you that thing was- Jumping. Was it was lit. And I think, uh, and I was there during the daylight. And then when I left, it was dark. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. I had one too many- lap dances that were just absolutely incredible living yeah. your best life and I can say that out loud now right yes. but yeah. 20 years ago I would not have breathed a word of that experience on any platform at all wow look at you grow grow never I wouldn't have even right like what lap dance oh yeah and they weren't guys they were girls what you said that out loud yes I'm saying it out loud yes oh absolutely man. We are so blessed to hear these stories and hear the growth in you. And yeah. we see you now, like Jay said, we see you in your glory, but we don't always know the backstory. So we see you sexually confident, but I would never imagine you wouldn't have said that 20 years oh, ago. No. Oh, no. In my 30, 20s and 30s? Oh, definitely not. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. No, no. I was going to church. I wasn't trying to tell people about going to the strip right. club or no. Mm -mm. no. No, no, no. That Thanksgiving table will never be the same again. <laughs> never. And I'm so proud of it. Yes, I'm so proud. Yeah. And I increasingly get bolder over time. That's one of the things that I recognize in this process for myself. Like it doesn't, you don't reach a, a spot and you've just grown and you stop. If you are pouring into your passion and your gift, mm -hmm. it's going to continue to grow. Amen. That's Amen to that. But that's freedom. That's real freedom. So. It is. It is. And we all deserve that. Like we're, we're put here for that. There's a reason we're all here and we can't take that lightly. I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh, you are such an inspiration, honey. Oh, I'm yes. so happy to hear nice that. Yes. <laughs> Yay, this was so fun. This was so oh, fun. Oh man, this was amazing. This season, we just have been so blessed with the people we've met. It almost feels like a sisterhood in a sense, the relationship yeah. building that we've had. And, and you are an addition to that, that blessing. Oh, I'm so happy. Yes, that is we, wonderful. We can't wait to see what other content you have to bring. Keep pouring into us. Keep I creating know. sexually confident women because that's what we need, especially in the Black community. Yeah. We have lots of trauma put on us and yeah. to also have to deal with sexual trauma and not feel free enough to express ourselves in a sexual manner. It will destroy us. It will destroy yeah. us and it will play on our health and everything yeah. else. So thank you. Thank you. And you're I would welcome. love to do this again if you allow us. Yeah. That. So you're welcome in our space. Always. Thank you.
Thank you. And I hope this is not the last time we speak. So, so please feel free to connect with me on social media and reach out. And if you have any other questions that came from this conversation, I'm happy to, to share and yeah, support you any way I can. Thank you. So how can our listeners get in touch with you or find you? Yes, let them know. Is classes, is everything available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, definitely Instagram. That is my place space where I share my education the most. And so that handle is K underscore spot underscore therapy. Um, and then my website, which is my first and last name, caseypolite.com. I do individual work. I work with couples. And my next cohort for um, empowering women sexually starts next Tuesday night. So it's a four week class, Tuesday evenings. And yeah, we really dive into changing that relationship with our bodies and ourselves and creating greater intimacy. One of the fun activities we do is create a sex vision board. Right. So people talk about doing vision boards for their life, but they don't think about it as far as who they are sexually. So we go through a really interesting process to uncover kind of who you're trying to step into, because I never believe in becoming something that you're not. You you already have it inside of you. Now it's just about nurturing it so that it can blossom. So yeah, there's still some spots available for that class and you can sign up on my website. Right. All right. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. We love you, you. And we, we love you guys too. Yes, We love you, honey. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for the space. And you all have a wonderful evening. You as well. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that concludes our episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes, five stars only. But give us that good feedback. We are so honored that you rocked out with Jay Simone and Marley. Follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. But don't forget to drop that jungle juice. We want to hear all the juicy details. All, all of it. All of it. Don't leave anything out. Be sure to live life intentionally. We love you guys and stay tuned. Yes, we love you. We thank you.